Aston, do you expect me to talk? Um, yeah, I expect you to do most of the talking. Now that I got the uh, stitches out of my mouth, I would like uh, I like my little vacation that I had, getting stitches out of my tongue, giving me a little hiatus. So you go ahead, you do all the talking. I'll just like, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll be the hype guy. Mm-hmm. All right, worst bond line ever. <laughs> I think the correct answer was no. I expect you to die. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't warn you. There was no warning that I was going to start this episode with a Bond line. But that's a great segue into a game we're about to jump into. Oh, yeah. And Adam's here, too. Yeah. uh, Enough hate mail. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Enough memes and stern looks. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I would never feel ashamed for any opinions I have about movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I double down. Triple even. Just, just think this all began because, like I said, like, hey, it's Daniel Craig's birthday this month. <laughs> and here we are. Right. <laughs> right. And so to get us loosened up, we're going to play a little Ooh. game called Plot the Fake. And this is 007 edition. So I asked our Discord uh, faithful crew to make up a bunch of 007 sounding names and boy did they come up with some of the most ridiculous stuff some of these i want to see (laughs) and me being the faithful host i'm going to ask adam um or aston to pick one or i'm going to pick one for them and they're going to have to come up with the bond-esque plot to it and then i give a rating Oh, and oh, okay. so, um, so let's get started. Oh boy! Uh, anyone have a birthday in March? Nope. No, I'm on August, baby. What was the last Daniel Craig movie anyone saw? <laughs> oh, I saw the latest uh, Glass Onion too. All right, Aston, you're going first. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aston. I like the whole line just stepped backwards and I stood still. <laughs> I like <get> volunteer. <laughs> All right. Um, Aston, can you please tell me the plot to The Pancakes Are Not Enough? <laughs> oh, and also tell us who is playing Bond. This has to be a Rod- this has got to be a Roger Moore one. <laughs> I say, uh, let's see. Roger Moore. And he's dispatched to track, to track down Blowfield. <laughs> and for some reason, uh, Blowfield has like started like his diabolical plan now is to like tank pancakes <laughs> with uh, some kind of secret serum that's like uh, <laughs> taking over the heads of state so he can like get his new world domination that he's always after. But um, little does he know there uh, the uh, cat that he's always petting on the saliva of the cat is the uh, the anti serum that can actually uh, counteract it. And so Roger Moore's mission is uh, to dispatch out and to get Blowfield uh, get his uh, try and get a cat off of him, and so that he can uh, stop and produce mass produce the uh, the serum so that uh, the pancakes are not going to uh, to infect the uh, heads of state, and so that the Blowfield can't take over. And uh, 
somehow along there'll be a pun plug where he says, yes, but the pancakes, they are not enough. <laughs> ah, perfect. Adam, how did you feel about this movie? Man, I I love pancakes and uh, I love cats. So that'll be a solid 8.2 out of 10. Uh, very good. And sometimes less is Roger Moore. So exactly. That's exactly what we got. <laughs> that, that all came from like that one scene where he's like, where's Blofeld? Where's Blofeld? He's in the pyramids. And then he knocks him off the cliff and he goes, helpful trap. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Um, Aston, which movie should Adam have to describe? Thunder Thighs. All right, Adam, Thunder Thighs. Beautiful. Well, I mean, I, I can only assume that this is, um, you know, I, I think the, the easy the easy thing, I think, is to, like, go with an established, you know, handsome uh, leading man. And uh, and I, I think that this is the, the, the wrong approach here in this one. Not to say that Seth Rogen isn't a famous, isn't a you know a famous handsome man, but you know he he's atypical. Of you know he wouldn't say he's traditionally handsome, and he's gonna play James Bond in this movie, and um, he uh, <laughs> in order for him to uh, <laughs> in order for him to capture. Um, you know uh, the you know every bond has a as a as an equally great villain and you know we're going to resurrect Alan Rickman from the dead and <laughs> he's going to play um he's going he's going to play the the evil camp counselor at a fat camp where Seth Rogen <laughs> plays um you know he's like uh you know the nice good counselor and he's like you know he's trying to be supportive and, you know, there's a lot of flashbacks to Seth Rogen as a kid, you know, dealing with weight issues. And, you know, he's trying to be supportive of the kids. And Alan Rickman, meanwhile, is just like this awful taskmaster of a, ta- of a counselor. And, you know, they, you know, they go back and forth throughout the movie. You know, various 2000s hijinks happen. There's, you know, pranks to be played, pants to be taken off, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, it culminates in a battle for the camp. And, you know, there's a relay race. There's, you know, a low-fat pie eating contest. <laughs> you know, there's a, a volleyball game. And, you know, uh, Seth Rogen's lovable kids, uh, you know, bang it out. And they, they, they win. Thunder thighs. Thunder thighs. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I'm going to say that... Uh... That reminds me of the movie Heavyweights. <laughs> that was that was an inspiration, yes. Yes. And that was a good movie. It yeah. reminded me that my body is not something to judge harshly. Exactly. <laughs> Uplifted. Oh wow, so when you started describing it as you it's like the shenanigans ensued. I was just waiting to hear like there's some towels that'll be rolled up and being popped from some like some oh, like yeah. tinies. <laughs> 
Oh, for sure. All all of that's happening, you know. There's going to be, you know, itch powder dumped in some drawers. Yeah. You know, all of it, you know. All They're... given by Q, the math nerd. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, this movie writes itself. Right. I like the part where they're sitting at the, you know, Seth Rogen's hands are tied behind his back and and he's there's a pie in front of him and he says, "Do you you know, do you expect me to eat this? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to pie." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know that good Charlotte is going to write the theme song. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. All right. In the spirit of fair play, um, so give me one so I can sweat through it. Oh, beautiful. Um, Michael, I would love to hear your pitch for Stanky Finger. Well, Stanky <laughs> Finger. I'm so glad because this is one of the more underrated Bond films. Hmm. Um, when I think of Stanky Finger, I think of South Park shenanigans. <laughs> so this is set in South Park. Colorado. Whoa. Yep. They find that Cartman's, one of Cartman's fingers is considered a toxic (laughs) bioweapon. So the Russians capture Cartman and mass produce his stanky finger. Now, the James Bond in this movie, I like to ask myself which actor goes well with. South Park, Colorado. (laughs) And I'm really drawing a blank because I can't think of a single actor. um, But I can think of an actor that did a ski film, an action ski film, right before he did the Hobbit movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is Sean Astin. So Sean Astin would be the, the bond of choice for this one. Wow, and, I love it. And as he's skiing down the South Park mountains, um, shooting off an Uzi, um, almost steering clear of Kenny, <laughs> you know, he's infiltrating the the bioweapon factory, um, which is powered by outhouses. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, instead of, like, the villain... Um, also played by Alan Rickman because <laughs> yeah, that, he's, he's perfect. You yeah, got that perfect. thought in my head and I can't get it out. So Alan Rickman <laughs> um, is petting. He, he's petting like the, the little puppet time show um, guy, uh, the Mr. Mm. Pooh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> while spinning in a chair, devilishly diabolically. And, um, you know, in the spirit of South Park, uh, James Bond, Played by Sean Ashton is going to be uh, hung up over a, a vat of acidic um, animal waste. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to have to use a bunch of uh, dirty puns. This is going to be the first R-rated James Bond, and it's not going to have any sex in it. So <laughs> I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Um, wow. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, in the the end, he pulls Alan Rickman's finger, and it blows up the plant. Wow! <laughs> okay, good. And, I like 
you got to have in there, uh, you got to have a plug in there. You got to have that sheriff from Little Left that die, J.W. Pepper. Yes. Yeah. What do you think you are, man? Some kind of secret agent, man? <laughs> With his mouth full of chewing tobacco. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to have a no, cameo by him. No expenses spared. Uh, yeah. Stanky yeah. finger. Stanky finger. I love and that. the music is going to be played by Primus. Of course. Thank you, finger. Thank you, finger. <laughs> Who else and, could it be? Yeah. So, um, round two, Aston, mm. you are going to tell us about the man with the golden bazooka. Whoa. <laughs> I'll take that one for sure. Yeah, this one, uh, since y'all are going offbeat, like, and y'all get, like, his own Bond, guys. My Bond, I'll get, like, paid by, uh, I'll get Ryan Reynolds to play Bond. And then the villain, I, like, just, I just see this golden bazooka. I'll get the villain to be T.J. Miller. <laughs> since nice. they work well together. And then, uh, basically, T.J. Miller is just a guy going around with this big golden bazooka. And everything he shoots, he turns to gold. <laughs> and then, uh. He is uh, Ryan Reynolds is trying to have to try and uh, stop this because like uh, what's happening is uh, he's causing the uh, the cost of uh, gold to uh, to go down because now this gold is so abundantly oh. available and uh, it's ruining the global markets and so Ryan Reynolds is trying to like stop that so that actually there's going to be some equal currency available and that uh, that uh, the world economy can stay stable and so but the only problem is. Is that he can't uh, he can't ever find this villain T.J. Miller, so he has to go through five or six different henchmen, and uh, and since we're just going totally offbeat and just wild out there, one of the henchmen is actually a Deadpool-looking character, and Ryan Reynolds has a couple of times where he actually looks at the screen and instead of a George Lazenby moment of saying this never happened to the other guy, Ryan Reynolds looks at the screen and says, "Wait a minute, aren't I supposed to be that guy?" <laughs> uh, when he runs into the Deadpool-looking uh, evil guy, and um, <laughs> And so all kinds of shenanigans ensues. And then I uh, don't know why the name's popping into my head, but uh, I'll have the title uh, scene uh, screen song played by uh, Harry Styles. You know, sounds wonderfully to 2000 and <laughs> 2019. This sounds this sounds great. I love I love the the oddity, the absurdity, the fiscal responsibility. Yeah. Yes, I just like the two guys are chasing after each other. <laughs> well, one is just shooting things and turning it into gold. Yeah, it's no, the it's... ultimate game of tag. Yeah, see, I was just thinking that you actually you could actually it would it would probably carry over really well to actually make uh, commodity into a uh, video game if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that, and I could also definitely see. Yeah, you yeah, got right. Pilgrim must die kind of characters. And I can totally see Netflix picking this up. Yes, hint, this feels hint, like a, Netflix. This feels like a Netflix movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, Essen, which one is Adam going to? I've just been yeah. staring at this one the whole entire time. I this. I want this one to give a good go at it. Laser balls. Laser balls. Hey, you the know the only. <laughs> yeah, you know the the only balls worth having are laser balls. Am I right? There you go. There you go. Now you got yeah, the tagline on the poster. Yeah. You know, it's, it's right in there. And 
you know, the the last movie I pitched was more of a, a, a comedy. You know, this one, this one is purely serious. Bond is played by Richard Gere, and um, <laughs> say no more. <laughs> and um, the bad guy, the eponymous Laser Balls, is played by Javier Bardem. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, and you know Richard Gere isn't playing a young Bond. He's he's playing, you know, a you know a more uh, a more seasoned a more seasoned Bond. And um, you know, he has to kind of we're really going to play into the whole how uh Daniel Craig kind of left it where he's, you know, he he's not really as physical as he is crafty and wise. You know what I mean? Kind of like you know Sean Connery in uh uh what uh, uh, was that the last Indiana Jones movie? Uh, last no, Crusade. Last Crusade. You know he's wily, he's crafty. You know he he's he's relying on gadgets, and you know the 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 issue is that um you know laser balls. He's uh he, he's a villain, but the world loves him. He's, you know, he's producing incredible YouTube videos. They love seeing him drop his laser balls on stuff. Um, but secretly, the laser balls you know what that are means. <laughs> <laughs> their balls made out of lasers. Oh, okay. You know? And he's come on, Mike, keep up. Um, and um, he's actually marketing these balls to teenagers. And the problem is that these blazer balls are selling people's information to China. And, I hate that. And, you know, Richard Gere also hates that because he's old. And he's like, I gotta get this shut down. So he, you know, makes a call to his old friend Q. And he gets a, you know, a special net to catch these laser balls in. And, you know, in order to finally stop Javier Bardem once and for all, he, you know, schmoozes his way into uh, the laser ball factory, and um, you know, he and Javier Bardem, uh, you know, they, they end up realizing that they have a lot in common, you know, and they fall in love, and they walk off into the sunset. Laser balls solved. Well, I see no reason not to give you the highest bond budget. Hey, yeah. you know, and you know the last, you know the, you know the third act of this movie is just Richard Gere, you know, splurging on Javier Bardem, you know, buying him new outfits. You know, there's, you know, a, a sequence of, you know, Richard Gere climbing up a, a, you know, a fire escape to see Javier. It's it's gonna be lovely. I would watch it just to see the the opener played by Roy Orbison's Pretty Woman. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And you know that you know we're 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 even gonna get, um, you know we're we're even like we're we're going full into this. It's even gonna be directed by the same director as Pretty Woman. Um, it's you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. I believe you. All right, A plus is all around. Adam, what's going to be the last Bond movie for me to pitch? Michael, you know the 
The economy is tough right now, so that's why we need to know about Honor Majesty's side hustle. On her majesty's side hustle. You know, many people don't talk about young Bond, but there was a series called James Bond Jr., and it didn't do so well as a cartoon, but I think a movie, it could work. Mm. Uh, Think of a young Frankie Muniz as the the alleged young Bond. Um, he did those great Agent Carter movies. Agent Cody Banks. Agent Cody Banks, yes, that's oh, the yeah. word I was thinking of. So there's no reason he can't transition to this. Oh, no. So in this movie, he plays the official Uber Eats delivery boy of the Queen of England. And, you know, he's raising money, raising money, until... He sees the queen get murdered. Oh. And then he is. Whoa. I know. What? (laughs) She eats a bad crepe and dies. And it's his crepe that he delivered. So he's a fugitive. He's running. And then he meets an older George Lazenby. Whoa. Yeah. And he teaches him the way of the 007 lifestyle. And so he trains him in, you know, martial arts, judo chop, you know, how to shoot a guy from 300 yards away. I saw him chop. Yeah. You know, how, how to talk to a villain while hanging over an acid pit to get the villain to, you know, dilly dally. All the things a Bond would love to do. And since it's the hip new generation... Uh, Q gives him a TikTok dance. Oh, to do <laughs> when when performing the TikTok dance, all enemies fall asleep. Wow. So, Mike, I love how hip and with it. Oh yeah, that's definitely with it. You are, Mike. Yeah. I, you know, I, I also just am picturing a um a go kart chasing a la catch that kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Uh catch that kid, that darn cat, all of those. Oh yeah. All of those that crawled so Frankie Munez could run um are going to be in it. And what better band than the hippest band of them all? And that is Blackpink playing the theme song. Wow, you know. Um Oh, and also you know. Bad Bunny's the bad guy. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 That, that's a given. And also, we should do an episode on Catch That Kid at some point. <laughs> yes. And Spy Kids. We're very overdue for Spy Kids. We're overdue for Spy Kids. You know, we're, we're overdue for that, that whole genre of, of, like, 2000s spy action light movies, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, Spy Kids, Catch That Kid, but, you know, you that's also got your classics, like... Yeah, your your classics like Agent Cody Banks. Yeah, that Uh, other kid based on that book series, he did Stormbreaker. Oh, yeah, Uh, Alex Ryder. Alex Ryder loved those books. Yeah, solid. Yeah, movies stunk, but loved those books. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, welcome to Film Logic, a podcast about the movies of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We are part of the Retrologic Network. 
This is the home of Retro Logic, Retro Groove, On Topic Retro. And we are not just a media company, but a discord of decent human beings. My name is Michael Penny, and I am with Adam Vesper and Aston Raker. Yes, still Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Holly Goodhead. <laughs> yes. Guys, I'm glad we got loosened up first. I feel a lot better. And we can go into our next section. Mm. Uh, what have you guys been watching? Man, I wish that I could say Max Keebler's big move. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man, I just started like looking up 2000s <laughs> kids action movies. And man, there are some stone cold classics on here. Um, big liar fan. Oh yeah, mom got a date with a vampire. Motocrossed. Oh, man. Anyways, uh, <laughs> for real, for real though. Um, I just watched that. Um, uh, that new movie that came out. Uh, I didn't see this in theaters, so I saw it on HBO, I believe. But the new uh Jonathan Majors movie, Devotion, with Glenn Powell. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's, it's incredible. Uh, it's, um, kind of like a, a biographical, um, aviation movie about, um, Jesse, Jesse Brown and Tom Herner during the Korean war. Um, and yeah, it's, the movie is just about, you know, the, the power of their relationship and, you know, kind of like what it looks like to, um, you know, to be brothers in a time when it wasn't common to have, you know, interracial friendships. Um, mm-hmm. What it what it looks like to break the color barrier in the Navy. Um, you know, it's really powerful. Stuff. You know, uh, Jonathan Jonathan Majors is having one heck of a year, guys. Um, yeah, this movie this movie is good. It, it's getting some Oscar, it's getting some Oscar nods, and you know, it has Joe Jonas in it. So, you know, I I can thoroughly say uh this is a yeah, definitely go watch this if you have a, a chance. Um, yeah, it's, oh, it is actually a good movie, yeah. I was surprised because they're based on like those real fact events. I was surprised, yeah, they actually ran into um it was Elizabeth Taylor. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that was really funny. Was like, oh, wow, that's far out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, Dot of the Majors definitely shines and yeah, I, I would recommend highly to go see that. Um, and yeah. then what's that's that? on Paramount Plus right now, right? Did you see it on Paramount uh, Plus? What did I see it on? I don't know what I yeah, saw it on. I think I, I watched it on Paramount Plus if I remember right. That's where I saw yeah. it. Yeah, that, Par- that might be right. Yeah, Paramount Plus is like killing it with aviation movies. They put yeah, out they the, Maverick up there now. Yeah, or... Top Gun Maverick, Devotion, um, NCIS, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and funnily enough. Glenn Powell is in both those movies. He's in Top Gun and uh, Devotion. So he's... he's... That was, that was, that was <laughs> funny when I saw the advertisement for the movie coming out. And I'm like, wait a tick. I said, I wonder if that, like, yeah, which one got him which role? I'm like, I guess, yeah, Maverick kind of landed him to Devotion, maybe? I don't know, like, yeah, that was funny. But yeah, maybe. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. not like he's reprising the same character twice. He does great. No, no. Yeah, yeah. he kind of he kind of flips it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. I can't I can't talk about it enough. It's 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 a good it's one. A good movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then 
you know, a couple throwaways. I saw the uh, the the newest episode of The Mandalorian. Very excited. No spoilers, but I think people that watch Star Wars Rebels are going to be very happy this season. Oh yeah. And um, and then I I just saw I I watched a, a Bernie Madoff documentary on Netflix. Terrifying stuff. The fact that people were able to get away with the stuff like that. Terrifying. When your name is Madoff, you can make off with a lot of money. Exactly. He'd put a Vaughn villain to shame because he actually got away with it. He's a real yes. nice Vaughn villain. Exactly. Exactly. No one deserves to have their, their secret hideout blown up more than Bernie Madoff. True. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. What about you guys? What are you guys watching? Uh, well, I'll go next. So I've recently found out that... Uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. For those of you who are, who are uneducated, I grew up with this show. It's people living on this satellite, a man and his two puppet robots, and they're forced to watch bad movies, and they make up hilarious commentary. And they've been doing this show since 1989 with some pretty sizable breaks in between. But uh, there's, there's season 13 that came up... Um, you had to purchase the whole collection, either that or you were an early investor because they, the whole team that's behind it kind of went solo. And I just found out that you can watch it. They put the episodes on Pluto TV. And so I've been trying to watch that on demand. And the first episode has Jonah Heston, um, who's the new human who's uh, playing with uh, Tom... Tom Servo and Crow T Robot. Um, and what, you know, they're forced to watch this movie called, um, oh shoot, it's about this huge Spanish wrestler who has to fight Dracula to get his treasure. Wow. That so, sounds incredible. Yeah, so this movie was, this was probably like the triple X of Mexico in the late 70s. Um, oh, they, they actually got nudity in it and stuff. Well, no, no, no. The the oh. series Triple X. Yeah, oh, not oh, the rating. Not the... <laughs> no, no. I'm like, what this... happened to Mr. Science Theater Thousand since last time I watched it? <laughs> they don't go that. I don't know why they went solo. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Netflix got rid of them. Too much nudity. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. raunchy. Yeah, they ran out of movies to watch, so they're like, well, let's just start. Let's just do it. Mm. Let's go and commit to the, yeah. the raunch. So it's hilarious. Um, it has some hilarious moments. Um, as a longtime Mystery Science Theater, I've always liked these new guys, but you know, I have to stay classical to Michael J. Nelson um, as my favorite Mystery Science Theater 3000 guy. And Joel, Joel's great too. Mm. But Jonah, Jonah does a good job. And I've actually seen these guys in a live show where they watch oh. a movie alongside with you. Um, and it was the funniest show I've ever seen. Yeah. So take that, Wicked. Where'd you go to see him live? Um, the Kodak Theater. Yeah. 15 minutes from my house. Wow. That's pretty yes. sweet. Yeah. So other thing I want to make note of is I, I'm reading the book that's based on the first Die Hard movie called Nothing Lasts Forever. And... I think this was like a big deal back in the 
the late, I want to say, I can't place where the book is, but it's like late seventies. Basically instead of, you know, the Bruce Willis character is played by Jason Leland. Or yeah, his name is, and he was a world war two pilot and he's trying to, he's trying to like, he's meeting his daughter in not in New York city, but in California on Christmas Eve. And it's taken over by, um, it's taken over by terrorists who I think are from like a South American country. So they, they made a lot of liberties in the movie, but in the book, it was like a, a South American kind of terrorist youth that kind of take over. And so the most of the book is him running up the stairs to floor 40 to avoid the bad guys. And then the bad guys find him and he runs down the stairs to floor 32 and then kind of interjecting like flashbacks in between. And then eventually he meets up with some of the bad guys and shoots them. In the book, does he have a, a pistol duct tape to his back? No. Oh, and is he bare, no. is he barefooted? He is barefooted. Yes. Oh. And is yeah. Alan Rickman in the book? <laughs> you know the way they explained the the head guy. It's the same. It's the same name for the bad guy. I think Hans Gruber. Yeah, it's like it's 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 like Andy Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's. The book seems pretty dry compared to the movie, but it's still a good read. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I've been watching with my wife on Hulu, Home Economics with Topher Grace. And <laughs> he has a special place in my heart. Very funny show. Very awkward. Um, and this is a trailer of a movie I saw that's coming to Netflix, I think. It's called RRR or Roar, Rise, Revolt. And the movie trailer has all these famous directors saying, like, this is the greatest movie. James Cameron says it's amazing through and through. Like, all these people, Variety Magazine, five stars. So I'm like, what is this? It's a, it's a movie from India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And called Roar, Rise, Revolt. Uh, it's about, like, um, the British um, enslavement of you know, Indian people and like these two guys, I think, I believe they're brothers. They like, they go full diehard to defeat the British. And in one scene, there's like a boss fight between these brothers and a tiger. And, and in one scene, the guy, like he tapes a, a torch, a flaming torch to his fist and he jumps and Superman punches the tiger in the face. Okay. And if, and if that's not the price of admission, I don't know what is. And there's Bollywood dance in between. So wow. mythological. So if you want to see the greatest movie ever made, mm. according to everyone, you should see Roar, Rise, Revolt. The, the who's who. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better than right. better than James Cameron said. Better than any of the movies I've ever made. You can either yeah. see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Practically took his crown off and gave it to whoever yeah, directed yeah, yeah. this. Hand over his box of stogies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aston, lead us home with your wonderful selection. Yeah, yeah, I've got uh, 
Well, the series Outer Banks. I uh, started watching it, uh, of course, when the pandemic hit when it first came out, and um, and so the city I live in uh, is where it, it is essentially all filmed. None of it's filmed actually in the Outer Banks, and so what drew me into the series was actually seeing where uh, all these places on TV I can kind of see. Oh, I know where they're at there. I know where they're at there. I know where they're um, at times it could be a little teenagey, but um, if you follow the series from the start, there is like uh, a continuing plot line through all the series of trying to get this gold. Um, and so if you're into um, like Uncharted, um, if you're into Indiana Jones type stuff, um, loosely, um, you know, then this is, a, you know, it does have a, a plot line, an adult plot line you can follow. It's not like, um, you know, all lovey-dovey teenager, you know, oh my God type stuff. <laughs> and, um, and so, I mean, this season is picking right up from like the third season. And, um, you know, just when you kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, they do really well for when you think that they've kind of, all right, they might be running out of uh, material to kind of work with where they, they take the characters and they, uh, they mix them up and they actually, you know, continue the plot line more. And now they've added like, um, they're not just in, uh, well, they say the Outer Banks, but not just in um, Charleston right now. Um, they're actually, well, they do mention Charleston in the series and go to Charleston. They're um, Now they're actually in um, in the Bahamas and in uh, Jamaica. And so they go to different places. And uh, so they expanded the series more to expand the, the plot line. And so um, so I've been enjoying it. And uh, the uh, the next one after that one is the, uh, I've been watching is Picard. And uh, this is season three. And I think, yeah, this is the last season, I think, where they've advertised. So I think they're going to do like three, uh, if I remember seeing, seeing it right. Um, if you're a fan of The Next Generation, which I am, um, this is definitely like a love letter. Um, have only, you know, they're doing this is a series you can't binge watch like you can, like The Outer Banks. It doesn't give you everything all at once. Um, Picard is one of those ones, like Mando, you know, you get one episode per week. Um, Picard comes out on Thursday nights. And, um, and so I mean it's a Paramount uh, Plus uh, series, and um, and this one I mean it's I mean I'm trying not to spoil it in case anyone really wants to have not get into the series and wants or hasn't started this season yet, but um so I'm not going to extrapolate too much more on if you're a Next Generation fan this is definitely a love letter and why but it, it's um this one has actually got a really great plot line they've actually introduced a uh, a different villain. Um, one that's not like a, it's not like a Romulan, it's not like a, a Klingon or anything like that. And um, it's got some. This villain actually has some pretty cool uh, ship things. You actually get some different armaments that you've never seen in any of the movies ever before. And um, I mean, the visual is really great. They actually, uh, complement the armaments that they're actually showcasing. And um, it further, uh, they've expanded the lineage of uh, Picard and um, and some of the other characters from the next generation and so um again i'm trying to say what i've been watching with the mindfulness of i don't want to like spoil it for anybody out there in case they want to watch it because some of these series of well you know the two i've just named they have a lot of attachment to it um the other one i've been watching is uh and i think like uh this week i think the next uh season has came out so i gotta i gotta get on it but it's um 1923 it's got harrison ford and helen Marin. Um, I have not seen all of Yellowstone, um, that series. Just seen a couple of the episodes. Um, I didn't see the uh, 1880s one, but I did, for whatever reason, uh, I'm a Harrison Ford fan, um, I started to watch 1923 one, 
and this file picks up with the Dutton family, and so it's between Yellowstone and 18, the 1800s series, and um, it further expands on the Dutton family, and um, you kind of get to see more connection that brings you up further to the timeline of like uh, of where the Dutton family is in, in Yellowstone. Um, and this one's really interesting because it actually has one of the sons. He's actually in Africa, and he's over like kind of being the great white hunter, if you will, because he's actually hunting down um, actually uh, lions. And um, the uh, they actually get to see some deaths, pretty gruesome deaths, actually get to actually uh, happen by some of the actual uh, by some of the big cats over there. But um, and you actually they start having some arguments over. Um, of the land as far as over like you know overgrazing between sheep and over um uh, and the cattle and so that leads to some family disputes and uh, shots of fire and exchange and uh you know further extrapolates on that plot line and so um it's got a lot of action to it and uh, mm -hmm. it's really doing really well and playing in it and helen marin also and then the last one I added on here was actually a movie that I've done. It's called Causeway. It's on Apple TV. Um, I didn't know about this movie. Um, I was going through Apple TV just kind of see what new movies they've added. And I um, saw this one pick and started watching it. Jennifer Lawrence is in it. And real uh, indie vibe to it. And um, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely, I would say it's got this quietness to it, quiet acting. Um, Jennifer Lawrence... You know, it's just several scenes where I think she has, she has no makeup on whatsoever. Um, so it's definitely not like the uh, the Hungry Games type Jennifer Lawrence. And she is uh, returning back. Um, she's got a uh, was in a uh, Afghanistan serving. So she was enlisted, and um, IED explosion happened, and she got a TBI. So she had to come back, and she had to come back and stay with her mom back in her home in New Orleans. And uh, her mom doesn't have much money and so she actually ends up trying to get a job and she falls back on what she knows best and she used to clean pools and so she goes back and just picks up this job cleaning pools um she got she has this kind of jalopy of a old pickup truck and it breaks down and she takes it to some just happen chance takes it to some car dealership and runs into the uh not car dealership the car repair and runs into this uh guy who runs a car repair and he just trying to really befriends her and it's not anything like love at first sight they start developing a, a friendship and it really invites a very human element to the movie and just kind of like as they get to know each other you really see they're two really kind of damaged souls um that have to do a lot of healing for themselves and they kind of help themselves in the process of healing and it's just really good i would say if anyone's really into indie films that have this very good like um storytelling that focus on just like uh humans and the human element of uh, how friendships develop and how we can just be like on damaged paths but how we can kind of come together at the right time and meet people at the right times in our lives and how we can kind of help each other and um and have a connection then um this definitely is a movie for you and um, I, mean, I, I would encourage anybody to watch it it's not like in a, you're not going to see anything from her uh, wartime, so it's not going to be kind of shoot, shoot, bang, bang kind of stuff or anything like that. And again, sometimes the movie, as some people may think the movie has a little bit kind of a slower pace to it because it does have just some like uh, shots where it's just focusing on just her just doing mundane stuff like riding the bus and, or just walking around. But um, you know, it's like quiet acting, I call it, and um, which that adds to the atmosphere of the movie. 
of just kind of like you can just kind of you sense in those quiet moments you can kind of see on her just kind of how she's just kind of she's she's in pain and um and so you kind of you feel a little bit better for her whenever she does meet these people and that you know, she starts to be a friend and that uh, you start pulling for her oh yeah I, inspirational yeah uh, uh brian tyree henry's been having quite a couple of years the you know starting and going back to godzilla versus kong and then eternals and bullet train and causeway and i think he's in he's finishing up his voice acting stuff in spider-man across the spider-verse so you know he's been he's been having a he's been having a, a good couple of years yeah, it was really interesting to me watching this because I, you know, all the films I've seen and Jennifer Lawrence in there when she did her run with, you know, the Hunger Games, and she did her run when she was in with, uh, you know, um, Chris Pratt on stuff. I mean, she's, you know, I mean, she's all kind of like those Hollywood, and but this one, I mean, she definitely just was like, you know, just was like, like you would just be kind of girl next door. I mean, she's, I don't like I said, I don't think she's wearing hardly any makeup. Um, hair's not all like did up or anything like that. I mean, she just looks really just kind of playing Jane like Jennifer Lawrence and so it's just really is just uh I don't know if that was very relieving for her because she's like oh yes finally I don't have to do much makeup I can just kind of show up on set just wear you know just kind of plain Jane you know uh pool cleaning clothes and uh but she is uh but yeah it was just interesting seeing her in this role and I kind of uh respect you know actors and actresses when they really do that and uh like another one that does that a lot takes like different roles is Charlie Theron she does these like different roles and kind of really, you never know what you're going to get out of her. Yeah, it got an 84 on the tomato meter. So yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it might be worthwhile. Yeah, and it's a good, I mean, if you watch it around the, the, with the, the kids and stuff, I mean, she, there is a, one, maybe one or two, if I remember right, uh, cuss words in there. Um, but I mean, there's no, there's no uh, drugs. Um, I mean, this. Well, I tell you, there's, there's like a couple marijuana smoking, but I mean, it's not like blatant. But I mean, there's no cocaine. There's no crack. There's no uh, drug deals going on. There's um, and there's no uh, there's no nudity in it, and there's no like you know, there's no um, sex scenes or anything like that. So. Uh, great reason to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I just think yeah. if you if you haven't watched it with you know if you want to watch it like with the family or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it's a it's another it's an A twenty four, right? What's that? Uh, it's an A twenty four film. A twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they've been. I mean, they've been knocking it out of the park. <laughs> The last like what ten years? It's crazy the the run that they've had. Mm-hmm. I'm so behind on watching the everywhere, anywhere, all at once. So good, dude. Ugh, I know, I know. It's on my Netflix DVD queue, but <laughs> according to Netflix, I've been holding on to the movie Sister Act for the last two months, and that's a lie. I do not have Sister Act in my home. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, anyways, speaking of Sister Act, we're going to talk about Daniel Craig. <laughs> he is the star of this podcast and hopefully the star of your heart. Mm. Um, 
For those of you who don't know, this beautiful, beautiful actor who most people know for the James Bond movies and the Knives Out Glass Onion movies. Um, there's some yeah, Golden Compass. Yes, there's a lot. There's so much tied to this dude. So, yeah. first Bond movie he saw was Roger Moore's Live and Let Die. Uh, he was born in Liver- on Liverpool Road, Chester, Cheshire, England. Uh, age 14, he played Romeo and Juliet. He had roles in Oliver and Cinderella. So, you know, I, he studied alongside Ewan McGregor, Alistair McGowan, and Damian Lewis, and Joseph Fiennes. So, some pretty cool classmates. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, for sure. And I just learned that he's in the movie Road to Perdition, which is my all-time favorite movie. And he played a role in Lara Croft Tomb Raider in 2001. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my two favorite random movies that Daniel Craig is in is Cowboys and Aliens, which is, you know, a real... I mean, it's a real stinker, but it's it's so good. Um, he and that movie. He he really does. He really really does. And uh, he's in Munich, which is I feel like super underrated Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. um, movie about the uh, about the massacre at the nineteen seventy two Olympics. Uh, more more of a serious one, but yeah, I yeah Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig can do it all. Yeah, yeah and, I, I like his, he popped up. One of my little kind of like little small films he's in is like. Uh, that love is uh, uh, Logan Lucky. Yeah, he was uh, a <clears throat> he did really great in that role. If uh, anyone ever gets to see that one, although so, I, I said, might have said it wrong. Let me get back to y'all. I think it's uh, uh, it apparently Lucky Logan. Yeah, Lucky Logan. Yeah. No, no, it's Logan Lucky. Okay, my no, bad. That's Logan Lucky. Yeah, yeah very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So apparently, there's this movie on Tubi TV, which is the free streaming service, is playing one of his movies called Kings where he plays like the lead in a movie that's set like right after the Rodney King beating. And I'm really interested on what that was. I almost watched that as like my, my homework to get ready for this podcast, but uh, Cowboys versus aliens was a little bit more accessible. So <laughs> I chose the much lower hanging fruit. Well, we, um, we failed to mention though, that he also, he played a stormtrooper. He does. And, and he doesn't want oh, you to. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now I'm throwing away my blaster. <laughs> Ooh, uh, you you might have made the better choice. Apparently, King says a 13 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I can't Anyways, Tubi having a bad movie. Um, we'll just we'll move on. <laughs> so. Best known for James Bond, Glass Onion, mm. Knives Out. Um, tell me, where does he fit in your favorite Bonds? Um, I mean, he's got to be on the Mount Rushmore, right? I would say so. Yeah, he plays a great Rogue Bond. I mean, you know, that was his whole series was essentially Rogue Bond, and uh, I think he did a great job doing it. I mean, he was right up there. With Timothy Dalton and Rogue Bond, and uh, but I think yeah, Daniel Craig uh, pulled it off better. Yeah. What what yeah. I like 
is that he's such a refreshing breath of air on the cheesy womanizing of the Brosnan era. And, right. uh, you know, you know, you know how Brosnan would make like a, like these dumb puns, like I'm going to go owl watching, you know, <laughs> at night. And then you'd it would cut next to them. They'd be making out. And, you know, he got rid of that. Like he, mm. he gave some dignity question mark to James Bond. Yeah. It, yeah, it kind of it kind of made him less of a, a real camp character and more of a you had to kind of take him more seriously, right? Yeah. Well, and also he showed like uh two things too. He showed like uh vulnerability, which Bond up to this point has kind of not done too much with the vulnerability. Um and Sean Connery did it like I mean in one role. But I mean, you know, Daniel Craig did the bond that you know could actually be injured, and you know, and actually not just be injured in like, oh, that was a rough fight. You know, I'll go have a have a you know a martini and I'll drink mm-hmm. it off. I mean, actually, actually get injured and actually have to like kind of do some rehab to come back and stuff like that. And um, and also, uh, he kind of was like, uh, which I'm gonna you know, bonds kind of as a film make film, you know, canon was trying to transition at this point already. But um, Daniel Craig's movies actually kind of took that further as far as actually, um, you know, being um, fighting, you know, alongside the female, not actually mm-hmm. always like kind of protecting the female and rescuing the female. It was just the thing yeah. with the, you know, the the boobs and the and the butt. And so, yeah. So, yeah. He uh, it was actually more like sometimes the female, was, obviously yeah, the female in some of the roles actually rescued him. Like in Casino Royale, I mean, he was like, yeah, he was dying until like uh, Best Man mm-hmm. rescued him. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And it, well, I think one of Daniel Craig's, you know, biggest assets as a character is I think he he can own a scene, but he can also he does a good job of elevating the people that he's in the scene with. Like he's so great, you know, opposite like Judy Dench or right. you know Javier Bardem in Skyfall or. Yeah. Um, you know, his interactions with Ralph Fiennes, his Mallory, like he's, he does a, he's a great job. He never, you know, he never overshadows anybody. He always like, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell that he's in the scene. I mean, who can look away from those piercing blue eyes, but he does <laughs> such a great job of, uh, you know, just elevating everyone that he, he's right. in the scene with. And he makes everyone look like a million bucks. Like in all his movies, he's not a talkative guy. Right. Like it's it's all written on his face, and that's true with right. Cowboys versus Aliens. It's like <laughs> he barely gets out two sentences per scene, right? And you just stare at him, like struggling to make his character come alive. Well, and plus Harrison Ford complimented him in that regard too in that movie because Harrison Ford yeah. does a lot of talking and a lot of like yeah sarcasm. So yeah, it was it, they played off each other really well. Yeah, what For I like sure. about the new newer James Bond is they they show like the struggle of him really wanting to settle down and not like the Lazenby way where he's getting married and <laughs> they just kind of put it under the rug. Yeah. But the, the fact <laughs> that like, yeah. <laughs> he's always like three inches away from settling down and starting a family. And then someone up and tries to shoot his fiance yeah or threatens threatens his old orphanage right 
Yeah, and it actually shows that actually he communicates over you know to the audience that actually this is a bond that actually truly is in love. I mean, he resigns, you know, mm-hmm. and then like uh, you know, he's telling uh him, you know, like ah, uh, you know, I don't have regrets to be unprofessional. But then yet he's stealing pictures and he's doing his own thing of investigations and stuff like that. And so I mean, he's uh, I mean, you can tell it's all by moves he makes throughout throughout his movies. Um that you know he was uh yeah he was truly in love yeah whose idea was it to make a poker game into like an action scene baccarat michael baccarat Baccarat. it's different wait are they playing are they playing texas hold'em or are they playing baccarat i don't know (laughs) what's the difference um you could tell me it's mahjong and i'd believe you yeah right now was that the same game they were playing in a goldeneye I think, I think they were Baccarat. playing. I, th- yeah, one of them they were playing Baccarat. One of them they were playing Texas Hold'em. I can't remember which is which. I forget which one was Zena on the top came up on the scene. I think that. I think that was a. Uh, that, that sounds was like a. That sounds like a Brosnan. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was that was Pierce Brosnan. That's Gold. Or Roger Moore. Yeah. No, that was Pierce. Uh, that was that was uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I've yeah, Zena always top. wanted to parody that scene. Where they're playing apples to apples, <laughs> and and the last scene that like totally topples over the bad guy is he plays the Helen Keller card. Yeah, right. right. Which like, always oh. wins. He's like, "Oh, Bond, I am sorry to see, but I uh, I have a uh, Saddam Hussein. He always kills, and he plays." <laughs> <laughs> the Bond is like, "Oh, but you see, I never missed," and he plays. <laughs> Helen Geller, and it just <laughs> he just yeah. wins. Yeah, oh, that's uh, great. It's funny, um, like no matter how who we are, and no matter what point or who you run into, anytime I make my channels bond, they always do the Sean Connery bond. Yeah. So you got it. I mean, right? Like Sean, like Sean Connery's got to be you know number one, right? Like he's he's the icon, right? And like you know, this, some might fight me on it, but I'll, I'll say Sean Connery, I'll say Daniel Craig, I'll say Pierce Brosnan, first, second, third. To me, like, that's, you know, it, I has think all, Roger yeah, Roger has, Moore, a close fourth. Has all the Bonds been Scottish? Or? Uh, one of them's Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. Which one's Welsh? I think it's Dalton. Right. I would love to see an Italian Bond. James, yeah. James a bond. <laughs> bond, bond the James. <laughs> you expect me to talk on an empty stomach? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, you guys would be just saying ciao, bella, ciao, bella, bella, ciao. <laughs> Do you guys have any um, strong feelings about? you think would take over the crown as the next bond i know this is a little veering away from daniel craig but well i know I like he's the, such a the mm-hmm. internet was outraged when they thought it was the girl who was going to replace him in the no time they were die. real mad about it they were yeah. over for a long time yeah to the point that he actually came forward and addressed it yeah, yeah they the internet was like no way no how and then now we're talking about like Idris Elba. Yeah. Who, I mean, if you're going to pick a strong, uh, sophisticated aging actor, Idris Elba would be good. 
I would say. That's what yeah. I was just saying. Yeah, he he actually he just I forget what he said, but he just Elba. I've read he actually came out and addressed it about the whole bond rumors and stuff. In the yeah. positive or the negative? I, I didn't never get to read it, but I think like it was kind of like more him just saying like yeah no I mean it's a it's a rumor has it type stuff. And yeah. uh, Henry Cavill maybe he might be younger. You have to be a certain age to play Bond. Yeah, you have to do all your own stunts. I think that was why Daniel Craig got to a point where he was talking. Well, I don't get to a point where they're just like, yep, I'm out. Because you're going to to a point you have to do some of your own stunts. And, um, yeah, and th- I think that's why Daniel said, what, you know, I'm only doing like, you know, maybe one more. And then I'm, uh, then I'm getting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I, I'm super on board with this, especially after his last, uh, most recent movie but aaron taylor johnson i feel like is um a front runner for me especially after his portrayal as tangerine on in bullet train um you know he, he spends a lot of that movie you know in a suit and you know he he definitely has the action and the swagger down and you know he's he's great in you know avengers and kick-ass and yeah like i i think I think he's got a a real shot, and um, oh. yeah, I he's got my vote of confidence. Okay, yeah, I was just looking up here, and yeah, just mm-hmm. three three hours or a day ago, yeah, Idris put all uh, rumors arrest, basically saying yeah that he has no uh, interest um, to uh, in playing um, playing uh, Bond at all. He has no interest. Mm, quote. I've been saying for years, no exclamation point, end quote. <laughs> oh, I guess they're going to have to throw more money at him. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and playing James Bond as he discussed the, quote, extended middle finger and a wink, end quote, to the spy and Luther, the fallen son. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go, Adam. Um, speaking of the total opposite energy, Mm. of <laughs> James Bond. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Craig's other role in Knives Out and Glass Onion. Yes. Is the over-talkative detective. <laughs> Which is what we were saying, yeah, and in, in some of the like, Cowboys and Aliens, he's very, uh, you know what I'm saying, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, not much dialogue, but in, uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, in, in Knives Out, yeah, he like verbally carries the movie. <laughs> right. And he, you know, he gets his Colonel, his inner Colonel Sanders, and <laughs> yeah, I have to say that like watching Death on the Nile with uh, Tom Bateman, I believe it oh, is, yeah, yep. or Kenneth, no Kenneth Braun as Hercule yeah. Poirot, like uh, Daniel Craig makes me forget, like every like every other act that because he's just he's so much he's so much more captivating as mm. his uh, charismatic detective that like I forget uh, that like other people have tried it um in the Hercule Poirot movie um that's like a classic character but like uh Daniel Craig his detective outshines him yeah in and, every way right and you know me, Mike. It's hard for me to to give Ryan Johnson credit for anything, but um, <laughs> you don't like Ryan Johnson. <laughs> uh, no, I do not. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, no, I, I think he just, he plays to his actor's strengths, I think, very well in, in Glass Onion and, and Knives Out. And he just lets, he lets people shine. But I think he also lets them play kind of against type, right? Like Daniel Craig is definitely more known for his, you know, his, his physical acting rather than his, you know, his, his, his language skills. And, you know, Chris Evans, I think being able to go against type of being an all American (laughs) hero and, you know, being the bad guy or, you know, Anna de Arma, you know, instead of being, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the, the scene stealing beauty, she kind of is like this shrinking violet of a character and, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is not exactly, you know, she's not, she doesn't exactly play a, you know, a wholesome mom in this one. I was waiting for her to snap. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I think she, he does a good job of letting his actors shine, but also like letting them play against type. And um, yeah. Daniel, Daniel Craig just, he just owns it. Like he's, he's every scene that he's in, in these movies, yeah. you, you know, he, you know, and sometimes quite literally, Daniel Craig uses him to hide other things that are happening in the scene because, you know, you're listening to him talk instead of like, you know, the the glances that other characters are giving or you know little clues that are happening in the mm-hmm. scene because Daniel Craig is just so so dominant. I like mm-hmm. how they, uh, Daniel Craig how you know he allowed like a character to be introduced in that one by Don Johnson. I just got one question: yeah. Who the f is that? <laughs> <laughs> he's so hilarious he had don Josh just interrupts that interview to like ask <laughs> straight pointedly points right at him that's so finally, great and then finally he speaks up <laughs> right yeah. and you know and, and the fact that you know daniel craig i mean of course he's like a, he's a definitely an a-list actor but you know he's standing strong in in cast with featuring like ed norton and ethan hawk and you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt mm-hmm. and Hugh Grant and Dave Bautista, like all, you know, all, you know, A-list of the A-list, right? And, yeah. you know, Daniel Craig is, you know, you can't keep your eyes off him. Yeah, I wish that mm-hmm. would have more uh, screen time. But like, uh, actually, because I like uh, Michael Shannon. He was in there, too. He's a good actor. Mm. The, uh, yeah. But yeah, the and actually, you know, Knives Out, too. Um, I went into it thinking, like, oh, I don't know, you know, it can't be as good as the first one. Um, you know, I mean, it was a it's a really good movie, but um, Bravo, they did a really great job. I mean, like you said, there's someone with Ed Norton yeah. playing the you know the the baddie, if you if you will, and um, they had held me locked in the whole entire time. I mean, had our you know our our local actress in it from um Outer Banks, um, she was in it, and uh, so I mean, they did a real good job. Yeah, when I talk about Knives Out and Glass Onion is it's it's like a fun ride and you know you think about it for a few days and then you're like oh yeah you know i really enjoy that and i'll just keep watching them but they're not necessarily like they're not the citizen kane (laughs) it's not trying to get citizen kane energy out of you it's just trying to say ryan johnson's just trying to say i'm a smart and clever guy and i'm going to prove it to you through these hilarious actors and also, uh, Daniel Craig is Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I'm going to try and convince you to forget about how I destroyed Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> right. And speaking of Chris Evans, 
he's been playing a lot of creepy roles lately. Have you seen the movie The Gray Man? He plays yeah, like a statistic assassin. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Chris Chris Evans is really just doing kind of whatever he wants right now, and I, I love that for him. He's he's saying, give me the opposite of Captain America. <laughs> I love him in uh, uh, Free Guy. <laughs> His little cameo in there—it's so <laughs> great. When you know, after you know, of course, Guy gets the the Captain America shield, and it just cuts over to him shouting an expletive while drinking a coffee. It's just—it's <laughs> incredible. I love it. Y'all should see the um him. Then he uh he actually does a pretty good role in um the Red Sea Diving Resort. Um, I think it's actually on Netflix. Um, based on a true story and oh, true man. events with uh, uh, America and um, trying to uh, get people out and stuff like that. But it's uh, out of, um, where are they at? Over, I think they were over in Africa. And um, But it's uh, Chris Evans is a really great role in that, in that yeah. uh, movie. If there's anything I can credit Phase 1 and Phase 2 of Marvel is that I really want to see the other movies of the Russo's character cast. Like, I want to see Chris Evan movies that are not superhero. I want to see um, Chadwick Boseman's other movies. That, uh, that, what is it? 21 Bridges was his last movie. Yeah. But that's not a Daniel Craig. Yeah. Pull so, it back. Pull it back. Pull it back. So other notable movies. And there's been a lot that have come under the radar. But... You know, Ashton, you've seen Logan Lucky. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little about that. Why it's a worthy Daniel Craig movie. He plays, um, if you like this kind of a uh, movie where they actually have to, uh, you want to see a quirky, like kind of uh, uh, Daniel Craig, that's definitely the one to do. He's actually in jail and they actually have to go uh, break him out of jail to uh, get in on this heist. It's Channing Tatum. Um, and he plays uh, along with his brother Adam Driver, and they are actually going to rip off uh, a NASCAR race where actually people can buy condos. And apparently, I forget the NASCAR track. I don't watch NASCAR, so please forgive me out there. But the uh, there actually is a uh, track out there where you can actually buy condos in. You actually mm-hmm. can like live in them. Um, well, they uh, Channing Tatum, who's actually a um, like a works for like you know mining drills. He's got all this equipment. So he's figured out how to rig the system so he can actually get all this money out um, from the concessions. And they can get uh, pull this heist off. And on the day of the race, and it's, it's a lot of money they're going to pull off. And um, they recruit Daniel Craig's character. Uh, the guy's name is uh, Joe Bang. And um, and then they uh, they get him in on it. And... They uh they get like a, a driver and that's just it's got Katie Holmes in it but if I remember right Katie Holmes isn't the driver I forget who the driver is but the driver's um the driver actually from memory is with Daniel Craig I think that's that's why they get him Daniel Craig from memory he is um driving this uh souped up uh, Mustang as to kind of be the getaway but um but it's it's um and so that's kind of the plot of the movie and uh, they all and I will say Channing Tatum Adam Driver and uh, they play real good, uh, you know, where are they at? Appalachian uh, hick accents, if you will. 
And uh, Daniel Craig, he does not have that. He doesn't have that accent because um, his character doesn't call for it. Um, but of course, he doesn't have the British accent either in that one. He just does that kind of a neutral accent. But um, it's a real kind of like I think it's a little sleeper hit. But uh, and anything, if anything, aside from Daniel Craig, it's worth it just to see Adam Driver and the role he plays because also he plays this uh, being able to pull off this Appalachian uh, country boy and uh, to see you know Kylo Ren be in that role it's just like it's just like oh my god <laughs> some good acting skills going on great acting skills here he's, this dude can not only yeah he's, he's more than star wars and um so yeah i would encourage anybody to go see it and katie holmes actually plays a, a big role in it too because um she's kind of the love interest of chanham tatum and uh chanham tatum in this movie is like a dad and so um he's uh he's got his the daughter never gets involved in the heist but uh so it's uh it's got some family elements to it so hopefully I sold y'all on the movie. If not anything, um, just go watch it because it also has Seth MacFarlane in it. Yes. It's a prequel to Glass Onion. There you go. Nothing, nothing more needs to be said. Adam, you saw Tin Tin or oh, Adventures man. of Tin Tin. This is one of my top ten favorite movies. This movie to me is so criminally underrated. And the fact that not a lot of people have seen it, and I'm about to read off to you just the amount of talent that went into this, you're going to be like, why haven't I seen this sooner? So it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, its screenplay is written by Stephen Moffat, Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish. And um, it, fe- you know, it stars Jamie Bell, Andy Serkis, Daniel Craig... Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, like it's, it's, you know, it's who's who. And to top it all off, the score is by none other than John Williams. <laughs> and the only, you know, uh, the only Academy Award I got nominated for was for John Williams score, which is incredible. But mm-hmm. at the at the very least, it, uh, you know, should have gotten, um, it should have gotten nominated for um, effects, and it was also the uh, the first all digital um, animated film to win a Golden Globe for uh, best animated feature film. Um, yeah, so this movie is this movie is incredible, and uh, so but you know to, to talk about it quickly, the movie is about. Um, a newspaper reporter, uh, he's a kid named Tintin and his dog Snowy, and he kind of gets wrapped up in a, uh, a story about a, a lost family treasure um, of a uh, kind of a, a down-on-their-luck uh, uh, sea captain's family, and he helps their last remaining relative try to try and find it, and um the the bad guy in the movie played by daniel craig um is you know the the great 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 grandson of a legendary pirate that sank the uh the original ship with the gold in it so they're kind of like competing to get to the gold first and you know if you like you know indiana jones if you like um you know uncharted if you love laura croft give this a go don't let the fact that it's animated throw you off. You know, it's it's also very revolutionary in its um, animation too. Like a lot of the people that worked on um, 
King Kong and Lord of the Rings and um, would go on to work on Avatar and stuff like that worked on this movie before all those kind of came out. Um, and uh, it also revolutionized, uh, you know, the big thing in video games right now is ray tracing. Uh, this movie is one of the first animated movies to um, really go big, hardcore into ray tracing stuff. So, oh, um, so yeah, this movie, you know, this movie definitely needs more love than it should. And, you know, it, it came out, I think, in 20, 2015. And nope, it released in 20, 2011. And, um, you know, and it's not like it even lost money. It made $374 million um, on a budget of 135. So the fact that a sequel hasn't come out yet is a tragedy to me. Um, but Daniel Craig is like a, a voice. He, he, you know, he's not physically in this one, um, but he definitely carries the, the, the villain uh uh very well and um yeah this movie this movie is a you know like i said one of my top 10 favorite movies i could watch this over and over again you know this is one that is kind of one of my movies i default to it's on hbo i believe yeah great movie now speaking of great movies cowboys versus aliens yes from the director of Iron Man. Uh, this this is the reason why summer exists in Hollywood. So movies <laughs> like this can be made. You remember as a kid playing in the sandbox? One of you was a cowboy. The other one was an alien. I when... I love that you just... I love that you disrespected John Favreau like that. <laughs> yes, John Favreau. That's what I was just thinking. You guys have John Favreau. Like, yeah, he did like, yeah. Yes. Uh, Iron Man movie. Well, that's what the poster says. From the makers <laughs> of Iron Man, so oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, the poster says, Thank you, yeah. If they funny. think that's a selling point, then yeah, I do. Oh, no, it, it definitely yeah, is. Chef, but Chef's a real good movie. Go see Chef. Yeah. Yep. So that's funny. Our our winner, Daniel Craig. Mm. Um, first scene is you see him all disheveled, not saying anything. Everything shows on his face. He's so good at wrinkling up his face in distress and confusion. You know, he really should market that. Um, a bunch of mean prospectors come up to to take him in for a reward because they think he's a fugitive. And the first thing he does is he does a Goldberg spear off of someone's <laughs> horse. Yes. And then beats their face in. And I'm like, yes, this is the Daniel Craig I know and love. He doesn't have to say another word. And that Goldberg move gotcha. Yeah. Other than that, like there's this uh there's like this really annoying kid who's shooting his gun out in public and he sack taps him. <laughs> and yeah. Like, yep, this is my movie. I don't even care if there's aliens in it. And guess <laughs> what? There's aliens in it. And these aliens use Spider-Man technology to hook people. Um, it's pretty much a prequel to Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> and Harrison well, uh, Harrison yeah. Ford is, is like a jerk is really fun to watch too. Yeah, I I, I love that you, I love that you're underselling the the cast for this. Like Harrison Ford, Olivia Wilde, <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Like this is 
you know, Paul Dano is in it. Oh, um, yes. He's the jerk. Yeah. I, I know I recognized him. You know, he wasn't um, he wasn't giving riddles. So it was a little yet. hard to tell. They played, like, uh, Clancy Brown was in it from, uh, um, from, uh, God, when the, the uh, now I'm going to fail it. Time I was calling him out. He was in um, Starship Troopers, and uh, he was the main villain in the, um, what's the movie where there can only be, there can only be one had Sean Connery in it, too? Uh-huh. The Highlander? Highlander, yep. Highlander, yeah, the original one. Yep. Um, Clancy Brown was the villain in that movie. Yeah, um, the annoying little kid that you're talking about, Mike, is mm-hmm. uh, played by Noah Ringer, and this poor guy. Uh, <laughs> the only two movies he's been in are Cowboys and Aliens and The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. That's all you need, really. Which boy? Uh, the, the, the little kid in it. That oh, Mike is that Harrison Ford's son? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that, isn't that Paul Dano, like the like the... Like the my dad's gonna get me out of jail, you know. Bang, yeah, bang, yeah, bang. yeah. That was Paul Dana. Paul Dana, he was because he was the uh, he played opposite Daniel Day Lewis in that movie. What was it? Uh, was it there? There will be blood about the oil uh, rigging. Wasn't that 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 actor? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Either that or Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, he was in, uh, yeah, he played that. Uh, yeah, I'm right. It was uh, opposite Daniel Day. And he was the Riddler in Batman, of course. Of course. Right, right. Yeah. right and right. apparently he plays music, too. So. But, anyways. But it's a good movie. Yeah, definitely, Cowboys. I've seen it multiple times. And, I mean, it was, uh, you know, when I, you, you hear the name, you think, okay, you know, I've got to see the plot line for this. Because this is like, you know, this maybe just end up being like a popcorn movie. Like a mindless thing to just watch and just think nothing but just have fun but it actually uh, ended up being like uh, a, it actually ended up being like a good plot line historically any movie with the word versus in it should win an oscar i think we <laughs> all agree batman versus superman ford versus ferrari mega shark versus <laughs> versus dinosaur monster ford versus ferrari now ford versus ferrari was really good yeah, that's one. I've, I'll name that one out. I've seen that multiple times. <laughs> I just looked up movies that started with verses, and there's yeah. a movie called Billy the Kid versus Dracula. What is this? See, and it does. Daniel Craig deserves to be in that movie. Yeah, exactly. And you know, one and maybe this is one we should talk about in the future. But I feel like it's a modern classic: The Mitchells versus the Machines. That that animated movie is. Mm-hmm. Very good. If if there's one thing I want people to leave this you know podcast with, it's that Adam will die on this hill that animated movies should get more love. Oh, that I hope that hill has two seats because yeah, it's a lot easier to love animated movies for some yeah. reason. And can I just say now that we're ending our show? Yeah. Can I just say that Tubi TV is the most amazing free <laughs> um, place? In fact, I want to challenge you. I want you okay. to not okay. watch Netflix, Hulu, Prime, HBO Max. I want you just to watch anything on Tubi TV and then talk to your friends like it's the latest season. <laughs> like, 
talk to them about seeing Rush Hour 3, uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood, the original Miami Vice. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you watch the original Miami Vice, yeah, I'll talk to you all day about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tubi just came out with an original based on that old uh, survival horror game, Alone in the Dark. They came out with their own Alone in the Dark, and I am chomping at the bit to watch it. And also that James Gunn movie, Brightburn, is on there. My goodness. I could be saving so much money. Yeah, so much yeah, to watch. And then by the time you get done watching it, it'll be 2024 and you can watch Knives Out 3. <laughs> oh, they have right. Babylon 5 on here. Right, right. Tubi TV is amazing. And, you know, if you don't mind the huge amount of FOMO you'll get for not watching anything from Disney, you could live off of Tubi TV. I uh, forgot that they did a... I forgot that they did a Dresden Files TV show. <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. Yeah, see, my problem is I'm a big Star Wars fan. And so Disney knew they got people like me whenever they picked up the Star Wars. They're like, got them. <laughs> Are you telling me that Star Wars is better than Mr. Popper's Penguins? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I, I give, I give things that's just for, like actually, we all sat down as a family and we went enjoyed and watched La La Crocodile. And I gotta say, I was thinking, okay, uh, how fast can this like time go by? But actually, we'll say at the end of the movie, I thought uh, we'll say, oh, that actually was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Good family film. Right. Oh, and it has Agent Cody Banks one and two. One and two. One and two, guys. Guys, as we close our show, the new name for this podcast is Tubi TV Logic. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. We're three. <laughs> I haven't we discussed vote. this yet. <laughs> yes, yes. But I think we all agree. Yeah, we're, we're in agreement. <laughs> That's funny. We are going to be watching Mike Tyson Mysteries. <laughs> Mike Tyson Mysteries. <laughs> what happened to his tiger? Is that what the mystery is? <laughs> Where did he go to get his tattoo on his face? Yes. What do tigers dream of? Well, <laughs> anyways. That actually sounds yeah. like a good series. Yeah, what do tigers dream of? That, I'd actually watch that uh, nature documentary. By Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Hey, yeah. what? <laughs> well, fellas, I got to say, I, you know, I, I was a little worried that there wouldn't be enough meat on the bones just talking about Daniel Craig, but... You know, you guys proved me wrong. There's a there's plenty of meat on Daniel Craig's bones. Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely. It's, Insert uh... growl. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Anyways, <laughs> um, you know, I always love doing these actor profiles, so I think we're going to see more in the future. But who knows what we're going to do for March in two weeks, guys? I'm all ears. Like my oh. only idea is to be TV. And that's pretty much an A idea. You want to talk about 2B TV on the next episode? <laughs> yes. A 2B <laughs> TV challenge. Yeah. We'll, yes. well, yeah on the next episode, we'll, we'll analyze Mike and his uh, how enamored he is with 2B TV. <laughs> I mean, it's got Human Centipede 3, guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I well, spit on your grave, too. 
Well, as we saw in Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds discussed Human Centipede and how they the actors regretted their choices in being in that movie. So, yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that movie now based upon Ryan Reynolds. But I will say it's been great talking about Daniel Craig. Uh, yes. Stick with us in two weeks when we talk about something else that's relevant. Maybe an actor's birthday, maybe a leprechaun movie. We still haven't decided. Maybe we'll have an actor come on here and defend themselves or, yeah, yes. say contraire mon frere to something we've said. Yes, Paul Dano. Why were you such a jerk in Cowboys versus Aliens? We actually had, what, Daniel Radcliffe, actually, one of, like, an association reached out to you, I remember, recently. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll have Daniel Radcliffe on here. And yeah, he'll say, so- stop call- calling me Harry Potter. Yeah, when you retweet this, hashtag Daniel Craig. Um, I've been Mike. I've been Adam. And I'm Eston. Thank you for watching. Yes, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.